Oh, one oh, month, baby. So close. The Jedi code is like an itch. They cannot help it. They have an itch. They are sick. <laughs> Quarantine these Jedi. We must cure the world! Welcome back to New Rockstars. Obi-Wan Kenobi is giving us, I think, my new favorite description of the Jedi in all of Star Wars. The Jedi cannot help what they are. The Jedi code is like an itch. They cannot help it. But what exactly does the Grand Inquisitor mean by that? And what are this line's implications for Kenobi? <laughs> This is Wookie Leaks, our weekly reaction to the latest and greatest in Star Wars. I'm here with Tommy Bechtold. Tommy, how you uh, doing? If the Jedi Code is like an itch, then I certainly caught the Jedi Code last time I was in Vegas. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Stays Vegas. Stays right on your crotch for at least three to seven days <laughs> till the ointment kicks in. We are less than a month away from the premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and today we're going to talk about why the Great Inquisitor <laughs> keeps talking about the Jedi Code like it's the Herp. Yeah, like the Herp, babe. <laughs> now, uh, so we are almost out of these Moon Knight latest obsession shirts over at NewRockStarsMerch.com. We got maybe single digits left of those. You got to get on those. They're going to be banished back to the Blue Dungeon. Uh, to make room for our Multiverse of Madness latest obsession shirt. It's Multiverse of Madness week here. Ah! ah! So uh, grab these and all kinds of other cool merch that help support our channel at NewRockStarsMerch.com. And of course, today, it may already be live on the channel while you're watching this. Uh, continue watching this video and then you can go watch a recording this later. The Break Room! It is New Rockstar's daily live show coming to the channel today, uh, uh, Monday, May the 2nd, and then every weekday hereafter, it's gonna be unlike anything we've ever done at New Rockstars. Uh, the whole team is very excited about it. Uh, Tommy is gonna be a regular picture on the show alongside uh, Jessica Clemens, Brandon Barrick. You might see me there, you might see me yeah. there today. I don't know if I can run down from where I am to, uh, to the office, we'll We see. want you, Eric, um, we want you with us. I've got a room, I'll tell you what, you can sit on lefty or righty, your choice. <laughs> <laughs> two knees, two booster seats. <laughs> That's right. Only one fun. Uh, the thing is, though, I'm not going to be there every time because I, you don't need me there every time. These folks are heavyweights over there, the funniest people in the world. Uh, and I'm going to be busy still making all the great content that you came to New Rockstars for. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful conversation every week. The break room is going to be responding to stuff I make on the channel, calling me on my bullshit, uh, or, or building me up when I need it. Oh, yeah. Boot gassing you up great. mostly, baby. Gassing you up. <laughs> We're like a weekly whip it for you. It's just gonna give uh, our New Rockstars subscribers a chance to interact with uh, with the hosts in uh, real time, mm -hmm. uh, ask some live questions, get some thoughts and theories. And sometimes I'll be there, most of the time I won't be, but it's gonna be great. I'm gonna be watching every day. Oh, um, well we appreciate that. And we're very, very, very excited. So check it out. Well, Tommy, what's our first question uh, this week in Star Wars? Oh yes, Eric, we talked about it before, but why does the Grand Inquisitor call the Jedi Code an itch? Yes, it's such an amazing descriptor for the way the Jedi are perceived in this era of Star Wars. Now we have to remind everyone that the Grand Inquisitor was himself a Jedi, as all Inquisitors were, or at least Force sensitive, you know, but he specifically was uh, established by Dave Filoni in all Star Wars canon 
as one of those Jedi who were, were there for the prosecution of Ahsoka Tano and the prosecution of Barriss Offee. He saw in that moment firsthand how the Jedi Code could sometimes be misplaced in their judgment and a little, be a little too high and mighty. Mm -hmm. That experience left him scarred with this now predominant prevailing point of view that the Jedi are some kind of scourge on all of society. I love this description so much because it, it, it hints at this orthodoxy that is now mm -hmm. uh, coursing through the Inquisitors uh, and through Darth Vader, and I'm sure Palpatine has been uh, sending out this propaganda, that uh, the Jedi are right to be hunted down. Mm. That the Jedi have been a curse, have been a, a, a toxin, a poison mm. in society and their dogma. That they have separated Force-sensitive kids from their families. Mm. Uh, and they've been manipulative, using Jedi tricks in order to convince these farmers or these poor families to hand over their babies. These are toddlers that the Jedi have been right. uh, have been recruiting from young right. ages. How creepy was it in Phantom Menace when Yoda and the other Jedi Masters were like, no, this nine-year-old is too old. Yeah. Too old? Yeah. Gross, yeah. you creepo, you pervs. Yeah. Taking these babies from home, from younger than that age? Right. Uh, how young well, do you need to go? It's a great parallel to, you know, what we have here in our real world with religions that paint their opposition as extremists and the ones that do all of the radical, uh, heinous things. I mean, it happens, and we don't have to get into it and take any specific sides, but it just is very interesting, like, yeah, the Sith, who we generally, in Star Wars, review as the bad guys are like, yeah, but look, these guys are the bad guys, and here's why. All we want is law and order. And what these guys want to do is rip people's families apart and have all of these strict rules. They're like the people that are like the strict biblical interpreters. They're like, well, if it mm -hmm. says it in the Bible, then that's exactly how we do it, even though it's 2022, and we have all this technology and science that makes a more compassionate living situation so it is it's a great metaphor and it's a great uh, it's a great parallel that we can kind of all latch onto when we're watching it's certainly a chilling metaphor it's so yeah. specific an yeah. itch a yeah. feeling yeah. you know he he can speak from firsthand experience mm -hmm. the way that like yoda described the force to mm -hmm. to luke on dagobah the way luke described it to ray it's always been presented as this mystical kind of tug this, yeah. this sensation a spidey sense in a way right. that we kind of wish that we could have but yeah, here oh, for yeah. him to I, turn that yeah. into something that is like a mosquito bite yeah. uh, something that is like almost like a feeling of withdrawal yeah a fix a like uh, a creepy yeah. crawly like a craving a you bug it's that has crawled into your, into your sweater and you're like i can't get it out oh, like i'm itching now just because you're saying that <laughs> yeah right it's the word itch uh, is just so brilliant writing. Like, I, I love it so much. Now, I guess my question is, uh, I understand philosophically where he's coming from, right? Like, I compare this to the fact, like, Hans Landa describing his anti-Semitism mm -hmm. uh, and the way that the, the Empire has been called space Nazis. George mm -hmm. Lucas intentionally wanted that parallel to be the mm -hmm. case. And now it's like we're getting back to that, of, like, the way that the Nazis were able to, like, justify their mm -hmm. inhumanity uh and their their genocide as this kind of uh this this cleansing mm. this moral crusade of like we have to hunt down every last one of these people because mm. they represent 
uh, a toxic force. It's yeah. terrifying. It, it, it yeah. is innately terrifying to hear yeah. someone talk that way about another class of people. For sure. Now, I guess my question for you, Tommy, is what do you think the context of this quote is? Is this something the Grand Inquisitor, like in uh, like in Starship Troopers, him marching down yeah. uh, an aisle of other of other Inquisitors, like lecturing them on why they need to do this, or is he torturing someone? Is he torturing Luminar and Dooley in this moment? Well, and saying. It, it's yeah. one. It, I think it's either that or he, he is uh, almost like a uh, like he's preaching to a group of of people in order to gain their their allegiance. Like you know, if like mm -hmm. you, you know, the problematic. Uh, if you see something, say something. Like this is the thing. If you people, you know, if you see force sensitive people, uh, you need to let us know because they're going to end up becoming like this, this worst case scenario, which for the Sith is a Jedi, right? So I think mm -hmm. it's probably, he's, he's gassing up the troops probably, more than likely, like he's like walking by and being like, these are the enemy, this is why we need to get them. But I could see it also being him kind of speaking to a neutral crowd or maybe a crowd that is against him, but not violently attacking him, but is still listening uh, in order to gain their... Uh, maybe sway them, sway their opinions, the court of public opinion, rather. Yeah, I think so, too. I believe he says they cannot help it. Yeah. And it almost feels like he's saying this to, like, a crowd of onlookers in Tatooine as he is executing some force-sensitive yeah, yeah, runaway. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yes. And if you see, say, see something, you must say something. Mm. Because these people are sick. And they will make you sick. Mm -hmm. It's an itch. They cannot help it. Mm -hmm. So I'm mercifully putting him down. Mm -hmm. You know, it seems like he's justifying it in a way. But like, man, oh man, I like I am both terrified of this being true. But mm -hmm. part of me wants to see this happen. Is the capture of Luminar Unduly? They have that relationship. Mm -hmm. I thought it was so creepy in Rebels the way that the Grand Inquisitor used her corpse to lure in Ezra and Kanan. Yeah. It was one of the darker things we've seen yeah. for sure in animated Star Wars. For sure. Uh, like someone's corpse being used in that way. It's just really messed up. Mm -hmm. um, so if we do see something with the Grand Inquisitor, I, I think the capture of Luminar and Dooley is a way that you could really show how fearsome this character is. Mm. Absolutely. Um, well, I can't wait to see the context of this line. We've actually heard quite a bit of uh, Star Wars news this week that I just want to share with you all. So Deborah Chow did an uh, interview with uh, Total Film uh, as we're looking ahead uh, to, to Obi-Wan Kenobi's premiere on the 27th. Uh, she said that two Western films inspired the, uh, the tone that she's going for. Mm. The assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Oh, cool. Film. Uh, and The Proposition. Now, I've not seen The Proposition, but I have seen The Assassination of Jesse mm -hmm. James, uh, Brad Pitt, Casey mm -hmm. Affleck, an incredible film. Mm -hmm. And what I think uh, stands out to me about what she may mean by that, instead of just, in addition to the visual style uh, and how stark that is, how desaturated that movie was, is uh, the sense of uh, betrayal. There is almost like uh, like a Judas <laughs> in the in the garden uh, mm -hmm. quality to that film. Mm -hmm. Like, is Obi-Wan going to have someone close to him who he can't trust, who feels the need to betray him? Is that, is, is Moses Ingram's character, Reva, mm -hmm. the second sister, is she going to be the coward Robert Ford of mm -hmm. this movie? Yeah. Uh, 
who I like turns in someone. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. We want to thank someone who helped us make this episode, our friends at Peloton. Thank you to Peloton for sponsoring this episode. You may not feel like you have time to fit in a workout into your day. I know I don't always have time between making videos to head to a gym or, or to a park to have a full workout, but that's what I like about Peloton. They offer a variety of workouts that you can do from the comfort of your own home because Peloton is a team of world-class instructors ready to motivate you 24-7. Whatever your fitness level, Peloton's highly trained fitness pros don't just teach, they motivate. Peloton has thousands of live and on-demand classes, so you can always keep it fresh from cycling and strength training to yoga and running. You're more likely to stick to a workout routine you enjoy. So Peloton makes every class fun, so it feels like you're just hanging out with friends. And whatever music you're into, you'll find the perfect soundtrack for your workout on Peloton. And the best part about Peloton is that it works with your schedule, whether you have five minutes or an hour. Plus, you'll never have an awkward encounter in that locker room ever again. Thank God. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <laughs> Because we have an itch. We, we can't help it. That's right. You know? and it's, itches yeah. aren't taken kindly in locker rooms. Itches get no, stitches. No, they aren't. Itches get stitches. <laughs> so right now is the perfect time to try out Peloton. The Peloton Bike Plus is now $500 less. It's the best price yet, including free delivery and setup. And there are more game-changing prices available on the original Peloton Bike and Peloton Tread. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All right, uh, Tommy, the, we learned this week uh, the Star Wars Celebration 2022 schedule in Anaheim. There's going to be some really, really exciting panels on Thursday, May 26th, the day before Obi-Wan premieres on Disney+. Plus. Um, there's going to be the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase, where we're going to see teases for Obi-Wan Kenobi, of course, as well as Andor and The Mandalorian Season Ooh. 3. Uh, and then on Saturday, May 28th, uh, there's going to be a Mando Plus uh, panel with John Favreau and Dave Filoni. We'll Ooh. probably learn some more. Followed by that at 1 p.m. on Saturday, behind the scenes of The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, in which Robert Rodriguez and his uh, his team is going to be joining the conversation. As well as uh, on Sunday, there's going to be a Bad Batch Season 2 panel. But conspicuously absent from all these announcements is anything related to Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Mm. Uh, it, we did get uh, a news update and recent months that it had been delayed or just not delayed, but just kind of like taken off of its release date schedule mm. and just kind of like uh, delayed indeterminately without any particular release date. Uh, I think Patty Jenkins might still be attached to it. Right. Don't that really was my know. big question. Yes. Is she? Yeah. We don't, we don't know what's going on there, but like we should talk about it. what's going on with Rogue Squadron right. and what's going on with Star Wars movies. Like, will right. we ever see another Star Wars movie, or are they done for now? I think that it is right now, it's in a very, there's like a fragile ecosystem right now with Star Wars, uh, you know, on-screen content, because it's like, Mandalorian is a super hit, right? Like, Mandalorian is, Book of Boba Fett still got a ton of views, but people, it was heavily criticized, right? Like, there was and some confusion about, mm -hmm. like, why was there so much Mando? Why was Grogu? Why were they central plot points to this book of Boba Fett? And, you know, even we theorized, like, maybe that they had kind of abandoned telling a full Boba Fett standalone story because of whether or not they just felt... I'm wondering if the thing here with things like Rogue Squadron, if they're like, are we going too niche, like, with our Star Wars titles, and do we mm -hmm. need to kind of bring it back to these big spectacle tentpole trilogies like do like if we're gonna do films does it need to be a new trilogy not a skywalker saga but a new trilogy in that world maybe some connecting characters or some connective tissue to kind of you know bring it around 
And I also think they're waiting to see how Kenobi does. I think they're waiting to see, like, I think mm -hmm. we're all really excited about Kenobi. Everybody, you know, we're, we're all hoping it's a home run. And I, I think that there's kind of in a wait and see right now. And of all the titles that they have, Ahsoka seems like a more of a guarantee than Rogue Squadron to me in terms of, like, people responding well to it. So I get why that's moving forward. And we're, we have announcements on that. I think Ahsoka seems more likely. I think, you know, it seems like a more of a guaranteed, like, uh, hit. I think they're probably just waiting to see, like, are people going to be ravenous for more Star Wars content? Or is this fatigue, this wave of fatigue that we saw with the with with Solo and, you know, kind of the the delayed reaction to the to the new the new uh, trilogy, is that going to be the kind of the norm now? And are they smarter just to release a couple shows a year? Is that the better financial move? So I, I think this is a business thing, uh, but I want to see it. I think we really, I don't, I don't know if the fatigue is that strong. I think it's just put out good things, mm -hmm. you know, like deliver on the promise of what the show is saying it's going to be. And I think the fans will be, I mean, the, the real fans that are reasonable, which is, you know, asking a lot, will be okay with it. So my guess is that they're just, waiting to see how these next couple shows perform before they invest, you know, $200 million in it. Right. And I would say you don't need to put $200 million in it. I think that's also kind of the, the misunderstanding. Yeah. Uh, but Star Wars just doesn't have a good model yet for releasing yeah. a film that yeah. can be done on a lower budget. I mean, right. they tried to do it with Rogue One, but then right. they end up like pouring money into reshoots. They tried to do it with Solo, but then they fired the directors and right. they hired Ron Howard and poured a ton of money into that. Right. Um, I think what you need is just give Bryce Dallas Howard a yeah. movie yeah. to direct. Give yeah. Dave Filoni a movie, yeah. John Favreau a movie. All three of these directors know yeah. how to do it. Isn't but Taika supposed right to be time. getting a movie? Is that still happening? There, there's been talks. There's been talks that Taika was going to get one, that Ryan Johnson's still attached, that Kevin yeah. Feige was going to get one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... I think right now they're keeping their options open. Maybe in, by the end of this month, they'll announce what the next movie is going to be. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind of feels like we're in um, Star Wars and, or Star Trek The Next Generation era yeah. where they're they're putting the franchise on the heels of a, of a television series. Mm. And then at some point, they're going to turn those into movies. Uh, I hope that they have better luck than the, the, the Picard era of films did. Mm. Um Hey, come on, don't dunk on generations. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, like, they have an opportunity here. They have lots of great characters that are uh, specific to the television world that could totally work on screen and are big screen actors. Uh, I, as soon as they cast Thrawn, I think there's an entire um, universe of films that can be made just following Thrawn. Uh, I think they just need to figure out what era they want to live in. Yep. And as much as I love the uh, the Mandalorian, Boba Fett era uh, of TV series, that's not necessarily my favorite era of history to start of Star Wars history because it forces you to connect to like the First Order and Snoke yeah. and all this shit. Yeah. And like, yeah. I don't need to live in that era for films. I think yeah. there's a more exciting era if you just go back and maybe yeah. they're gonna wait till the Acolyte comes out and yeah. there's like a whole era of stories or maybe something long after uh, the rise of Skywalker, just something in the far future. There's like a, yeah. a new reset that does not feel anything like what we've seen before, but mm. you know, it just explores the Jedi. It's just the problem is like the Jedi history on the big screen for now has just been so infused with the Skywalker saga. And yes. we don't 
We don't need the Skywalker saga anymore. We can. No, it concluded. I mean, it's whether you love it or hate it, it concluded, and that's okay. You know, like that is. Yeah. It's fine. We're all going to be okay. I just don't think they're going to have another good Star Wars movie until they can get over Order 66. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I love Order 66. I want all these things to like show me Order 66 from different angles. Mm -hmm. But like the more you, uh, you know, tie yourself down to what happened in the prequels and the, yeah. in the Skywalker saga, the more doors you close yeah. for kind of the kind of movies you can tell. Um, so I think uh, what excited me about Rogue Squadron is it seems like just returning to what I love about the 1977 film is just the trench run. Seeing, yep. seeing, seeing X-Wings and Y-Wings uh, take on TIE Fighters through a trench mm -hmm. is just freaking fun. Yeah. And anytime Star Wars has gone back to the wars, whether it's Rogue One or whatever, I'm I'm all for it. Yep. Uh, so I would love like just a pilot centric story in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Top Gun in the Top Gun in space, baby. Give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they have the right people to do it. I, I think ultimately it's probably for the best. Like, take your time, get it mm -hmm. right. Um, it's just interesting to be at this point where one of the biggest pieces of IP ever in the history of all time, and currently still huge, mm -hmm. uh, has no movie slated. Yeah. Anywhere in the future. Yeah. It's well, just crazy I mean, in these, that's also can be a symptom of everything being owned by the same companies now. It's like Disney's yeah. got so much Marvel content coming out that they're probably like, yeah, all right, fine. Filoni and, and Favreau and you guys, and, you know, figure out what's going on over at Lucas and like, let us get back to us. But we're good. <laughs> we, we're good. Yeah. Well, we will leave it there. Uh, I can't wait for uh, for this month yes. to happen. Like, May the fourth. Soon, soon enough. Promos. That's right. That's right. Uh, so happy early May the fourth to you all. Yes. Um, and uh, we will check in next week. So be sure uh, to follow each of us on social media. You can follow me at EA Voss. Follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold. Follow new rock stars, subscribe to Wookie Leaks wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. Goodbye, guys.